Country music. I love country music. Country music. Country music. The future of country music's looking good. I love it. Country confidential. It's easier to be in a in a band because you have other people who know exactly if there's any pressure, what that pressure is, and they're feeling the same thing. Like you talk to them about it. it's like, oh, we're all on the same page. I feel like it's kind of like sometimes it can be a little lonely for a solo artist or even like a duo in that aspect as well. But being in a band, like from an outside perspective, like you can spotlight on everyone individually. Like it's not just one person you're focusing on. Like, and especially in our show, like we kind of like really go hard and go all out like together. Country Confidential. Growing up a product of the 90s, I can vividly remember the sounds of classic country bands like Little Texas, Diamond Rio, and Shenandoah. Maybe it's the harmonies, maybe it's the instrumentation, but nevertheless, there's something special about a country music band. These days, country bands seem to be once again stepping back into the spotlight. In this episode, I got to chat with the members of Boy Named Banjo, Flatland Calvary, Lanco, and King Calloway. You know me, guys. I want all the secrets and untold stories from being in a country band. I'm your host, Backstage Bobby, and this is Country Confidential, Country Bands. Barton Davies, William Remus, Willard Logan, Ford Gerard, and Sam McCullough make up the genre-bending country band Boy Named Banjo. The guys signed a record deal with Mercury Records in Nashville in 2020 and recently released their first major label debut single, Circles, in July of 2021. Despite their recent success, we all know that every band has an origin story. And you guys know me. I wanted to know the secrets behind how Boy Named Banjo got started. Well, three of us went to high school together. That's William, Willard, and I. And we started out kind of as an acoustic trio I met William in an English class and discovered that he liked bluegrass music and I play banjo. I was just playing banjo at the time and we used to go jam in the parking lot after school and that kind of just snowballed into us starting to write music together and we got Willard right before we recorded our first album which we put out before we graduated and we didn't realize it but uh, people actually really connected with our music kind of gave us confidence to keep it going into college and we played a lot of like loud parties in college so we kind of needed to vamp up our sound a little bit and that's when Sam came in on the drums and we started playing a lot more parties started touring after school all across the southeast and um, that's when we picked up Ford on the bass and yeah we've been kind of just grinding it out on the road ever since and started working with universal recently so good things are happening but yeah that's kind of just how it all started i love how each of these guys have their own unique journey to country music finding band members though can be really tricky so i wanted to dive a little bit deeper to find out more how they went from their transition from a trio to a band when we were growing up we actually all had the same guitar teacher me william willard and barton and he was this kind of like big kind of burly man with like a big mustache and he was always like Man, Ford, you got to meet these uh, boy named Banjo guys. They're doing some cool stuff. So that was in high school. And so I actually played a couple shows with boy named Banjo in high school uh, and then went away to college and then rejoined after college. So, I I mean, I've I've known everyone in the band since going back to kindergarten. For me, I always wanted to play music for a living, but kind of gave that up for a different type of professional career. I was uh, studying in college at the time and then came home one summer and happened to be dating Willard's next door neighbor and heard them play (laughs) and went over and said, hey, what's up? And then it just kind of fell into place from there and changed my whole life. It's no secret that music tells a story, but so does a band name. With a name like Boy Named Banjo, I knew there had to be a great story behind it. The guys actually shared with me exactly how it came to be. William's the mastermind behind the name, so I'm going to get you to tell that story. Well, well, uh, so in high school, when we were still the trio, Barton and Willard and I would go down to Lower Broadway uh, and just open up a guitar case and just play. And, um, you know, just trying to get some some tips and and whatnot. And uh, one day this guy came up. And they always kind of picked on the banjo player. I, I'm not quite sure why, but I guess everyone tends to do that. And uh, this guy just got up in his face and started 
telling him like, pick faster, pick faster, banjo boy, pick faster. And uh, I went home that night and we were at the time we were called like the blue moon bluegrass. Like we had no name and it just popped in my head and I texted Bart and I said, boy named banjo. And we've just rolled with it ever since. We all definitely shared a few good laughs with that story. But I wanted to dive a little bit deeper and learn how their band name represents the five of them as a whole. I feel like it kind of just pays homage to like to our roots more than anything else, because we are kind of rooted in that folky bluegrass music. And it's kind of naturally evolved from that into something a lot bigger sounding. So whenever I think of Boy Named Banjo, that's sort of what I always think of is kind of like, you know, the folkier roots of our music. I asked the guys if they could add any one member to the band, who would they choose and why? Well, we were uh, lucky enough to get to open for Brothers Osborne a few months ago. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be pretty great. (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty awesome. (laughs) As a huge Brothers Osborne fan myself, I really did love that answer. Something that stands out to me when it comes to any kind of group of people making music is seeing how their influences align. So I asked the guys what they feel like they each bring to the table and how they mesh all those great inspirations. For such a melting pot of different influences coming from different backgrounds, and I think it's always more insightful for us to individually go through our influences. Um, For me personally, I grew up in a musical family. My dad um, is a banjo player, so that's obviously how I got onto the banjo. And my mom's a piano teacher, so music was always in my house. And my dad, I'll never forget the day he turned on this John Hartford record, who was a banjo player, popular back in the 60s and 70s. And he actually wrote um, Gentle on My Mind, which Glenn Campbell made famous. He turned on that record and I fell in love with the banjo and I had to just play it. I had to pursue it after that and um, started getting into more like, you know, Eagle stuff. Uh, anything that had banjo in it, I was a fan of. Um, lots of bluegrass, steel drivers, uh, hot rise. So that's where all my influences lie. And then I started getting into more like singer-songwriter stuff after that. I also kind of started with kind of singer-songwriter and bluegrass music. I guess that's because I that's when I started playing guitar. So it was like the most accessible for me. Uh, like the infamous String Dusters, I'd see them at the Station Inn and they blew my mind. And Dirks Bentley showed up one night and played with them. And I was I'm a huge Dirks fan as well, all the way to Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson. But on the way to school, my dad would play ACDC and Van Halen and like even some metal bands. Um, I remember when Them Crooked Vultures came out to Supergroup. Uh, we actually play an ending to one of our songs. It's like a metal ending. So we're kind of all over the place. And like, I know all of us listen to all types of music, but that's for me. A lot of alt country bands like Lucero or um, a local Nashville group called Farmer Not So John. It's a 90s band. I'm kind of all over the place, but I I find inspiration everywhere. (laughs) I guess for me, like I just didn't really jive with country music at all until like later in life. And then there was almost some like divine thing that came down and was like, you need to listen to Merle Haggard. And it was like, okay, now I I get it. Now this is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of grew up more, I guess like a lot of like punk bands and stuff. Like I was really into like black flag and joy division in like high school. And that was kind of more where my like influences lied. And then I also played upright bass. And so a lot of like jazz bass players, I guess, were my influences early on. And then I guess for the stuff that we play with upright bass, like, uh, Bill Black, Elvis's bass player, I've been listening to a lot more of him recently but yeah some some somehow in college like outlaw country just like clicked for me and then that was kind of my gateway into like realizing that there is a lot of good country music now that's being made and i hope that we are also making it yeah um i grew up um honestly really listening to music not for the lyrics at all um it took me like half of my life to really care about that at all for some strange reason it was all about the emotional way that like it sonically hit me instead um so i was angsty and went for punk as well most of my life um but then i met these guys and it kind of flipped my head up upside down as far as like how i thought about drumming specifically and so now i really listen to like uh lyric driven rock bands folk bands stuff like that so dawes is one of my favorites taylor goldsmith for them um just changed the way i think about everything um Aaron Sterling played with John Mayer for a long time, and he's one of my favorite drummers. 
um, stuff like that. Just like good, solid, consistent, fundamental drumming and like how that can really um, support a song rather than be the highlight of the song. That's my, my new favorite thing to dive into. You know, I've been through some phases where early on it was a lot of Avit Brothers and Old Crow medicine show um then got into you know more of the 70s rock almond brothers the band grateful dead um and i would say now i'm mostly influenced by you know brothers osborne eric church chris stapleton um but i mean with, with all of them the and everyone's influences the coolest thing is that you kind of hear that come out and everyone's playing and how it all meshes together, um, which is the coolest part about all of it, I think. I have a challenge for you guys. I want you guys to go and listen to Boy Named Banjo and find where each of these amazing influences come from. I know I can definitely hear them whenever I'm listening. I think that's why I get so excited to chat with these artists. It offers me a chance to really dive deeper into their music and learn what makes them tick. Beyond that, Bands and country music just really offer a unique perspective. So I asked the guys why they think being a country music band is so unique. I just think it's cool how everyone brings their own thing to the table. Um, and solo artists do really, like, they represent themselves very well. But the band is meant to represent that single person. And I feel like we're kind of here to just, everyone brings something to the table and blend it into one thing, um, which kind of makes it, more unique than I could make it by myself, you know, or tell yeah. someone how to play a part or whatever. They, you know, Willard has his own style of playing electric and, and, and that goes for everybody in the whole band. So makes us better live too. Cause I mean, we've been doing this in this iteration for like five or six years now. And so like, it's not like other bands where you have like members swapping in and out every tour. Like we actually like almost have like one brain. I'd say at this point. I agree with the guys that their unique blends of talents and influences really make for a great sound. But they shared with me a little bit more of an insight about why they all work so well together. It just goes back to how long we've known each other, how long we've been friends. You know, we were friends even before we started playing music together. So we're almost more like brothers at this point. We can say anything to each other. No one's going to get offended. We can joke around with each other. No one's going to get offended. You know, it just works really well. And on stage too, I feel like we just have a really special chemistry um, because we kind of know what everyone's going to do because uh, we've been playing together for so long. That's kind of thing where it's been trial and error for us. You know, I mean, we have this EP out, but the living room I'm sitting in um, when I first moved in here, I, I didn't put any furniture in it and we set up a little recording space and just recorded song after song on our own and did a lot of trial and error and kind of tried to find that sound and, um, and continue to do that kind of every time we get together. So um, I think it's just spending a lot of time playing together and kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't. Well, I love that. There's clearly no dull moments with these guys. So I had to ask them what their favorite memory of being together as a band has been so far. We opened for the Cadillac 3 at the Ryman recently, and uh, that was by far my favorite moment on stage. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> Total like full circle moment uh, for all of us being from Nashville going to the Ryman for all of our favorite shows and then to actually step foot on that stage for the first time playing was awesome. Flatland Calvary is made up of Cleto Codero, Reed Dillon, Jonathan Sands, Jason Alberts, Wesley Hall, and Adam Galagos. These guys have been honing in on their craft, finding their voice in their boomtown hometown of Lubbock, Texas. I had a chance to sit down with these guys on their Chicago stop at Joe's on Weed to chat a little bit about what it means to be a country band with Texas roots. The guys shared with me how they came up with their name, Flatland Calvary. Turn it up a little bit. We were backstage. Trying to name it a band, you had to think of something really cool and not something that's, you're going to have to look at it on marquees and all that stuff. And we, we had a toss-up between Dancing Crows, which I'm glad we didn't choose. <laughs> and there was other projects Jason and I were in back in the day, like Jack Trio, which is the first initial of the band members, Jason, Alex, Cluto. We were Cluto in the noise for one, one show or something. And then I just knew that it had to be something that was, you know, like I said, that felt right. And uh, honestly, 
the name Flatlanders came to my mind, but I didn't know it was a band already. Because I just loved it. Lubbock was so flat, and uh, I looked it up, and that was kind of discouraging. And then my, I was exercising with one of my buddies, Earl, and he's like, well, how about Coletto and the Texas Cavalry? And I was like, what about Flatland Cavalry? And he's like, sounds pretty good. <laughs> and so it, it just it just felt, it didn't feel cheesy or weird, you know, it just felt right. So it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, Because there were some bands in town I won't even need don't need to be mentioned but just just didn't sound like if, if, hey have you heard of like that movie uh with uh billy bob thornton bad knees bears he's like the blood farts my daughter's gonna go to a concert from the blood farts i'm gonna i'm going with you I, you know i don't want something like that so flatline calvary just ended up sticking i was so excited and honored that i got to interview these guys in person at a country music venue that i love here in chicago From the moment I walked in the green room, I could feel a unique and electric energy from each one of the members of Flatland. They seemed to have such a great dynamic, so they told me a little bit about their favorite part of working together. Uh, I think what's really cool about it is like, especially it started with Cleto and Jason and they were friends before they were bandmates and I feel like that's the case for like everyone here. Like it's founded on friendship. And then we just got to add our, our friend Matt AKA Roy Johnson, who's now our tour manager and he's been our friend forever. So like, it's just another case of like adding a friend to the, to the crew. So that's what I love about it. I think a band is that much better because like what Adam said, it's founded on friendship. Personally, I think it's a great tidbit of advice, but I wanted to know what other advice the guys of Flatland Calvary had for aspiring bands. I think a big part of it being in a band is just listening. That's like the whole thing really is like you said it's founded on friendship so we all kind of listen to each other to begin with socially but also musically it's just very important to you know it's very important to play but it's also equally important to listen if you haven't been to a flatland calvary show you're missing out you have to go to one i can now proudly say from experience that their motto of friends first comes across on their onstage presence as well you can definitely feel that the guys really just enjoy performing together and they definitely have shared a few fun moments over the years so i was curious to know what's the funniest memory they've had as a band we don't want to talk about lowe's and we're not going to talk about seattle but we'll talk about uh, we will talk about st louis one time we go out and you know we still we sell. We celebrate after the show. Um, we're with Will Green, and it's a drinking crew, and you know we we enjoy it here and there. And anyways, we go out with with them to a to a bar. We we take some uh, Irish drop shots, get some Guinness, and night night goes on. It, it, it gets pretty long, and thank God we got uh, Dylan, our tour manager. You know, driving us back to the hotel, making sure that we're good. Um, but. On, on our way, we said, hey, can we go to Checkers, get something to eat? It was just late. And then as we're in line, we noticed that Reed is not in the van. And we're like, everyone's panicking. Where's Reed out? First time in St. Louis. We have no idea what's going on. And as we're in conversation, in the trailer behind us, we hear a And then I look in the rear view mirror and Reed had been stuck in the trailer the whole time as we were driving back to the hotel. And then lo and behold, the door slings open. Just everyone's suitcases, whatever. And then one single guitar player just, you know, falls right on the floor, just hair and face like, where am I? And uh, then he gets in the van and no one says anything, like not one word. And then we just start passing around number ones from checkers and no one says a word after that and we go to sleep. Yeah, and let it be known, I didn't just wander in there and fall asleep. Like, it was after all of these crazy shots with with Will's band, which if any of y'all ever listen to this, f*** you. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it was also a very terrifying experience because I woke up in that trailer, and there's zero light in there, by the way. I had to feel my way around, and at first I was like, did I get kidnapped? Like... <laughs> I thought I was in some kind of dungeon at first, and I slowly felt my way around. I was like, oh, I'm in the trailer. Purgatory. And then I, that's when I busted out, so. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. Country music band Lanco has been pumping out hits since 2016. The band's made up of Brandon Lancaster, Chandler Baldwin, Jared Hampton, Trip Howell, and Eric Steedley. The guys of Lanco had their very first number one with their single Greatest Love Story back in 2017. 
I got to sit down with the guys of Lanco backstage at their show in Chicago and chatted with them a little bit more about what it means to them to be a band. We all hated each other right from the start. Yeah. And still do. Yeah, and, still do. Me and Brandon met in a bar fight, actually. Yeah, we just, just like... Fighting each other. No, no, right, that's ne- true. Uh, next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next. No, we... Um, yeah, no, we vibed right away. I mean, I, I met Trip. We were in different bands. Um, and I met him, like, at this festival both of our bands were playing in. So we started hanging out, and I moved to Nashville around the same time he did. And then uh, Eric Chandler and Jared, they all went to school together, so they were all tight. And uh, I met them through some songwriter guys in Nashville, and we kind of just started hanging out. And, yeah, vibed right away. And honestly, like, the first time jamming together, we kind of hung more than we like jammed. And so that's kind of a good sign that, like, we, uh, yeah, it's like, all right, we all like hanging out. So I guess we can do this. Yeah. Not much has changed since then either. Yeah, right. still just hanging out. <laughs> and here we are. Sometimes playing music. <laughs> Hang out all day and then for an hour and a half you play music. I got to see Lanco's dynamic up close and they're really so much fun. It really speaks to the kind of people they are and how much they respect each other. But five guys in a group means five opinions on everything. So I knew coming up with a name was probably challenging. So I asked the guys why they decided on Lanco and what it means to them. Started out as lead singer and company, Lanco. Yeah, I uh, wanted to make sure that Lancaster I was the guy. Lancaster and I company. Wanted, I wanted everyone to know my spot. That I, no, I'm yeah. just <laughs> He wanted the spotlight, and so we were like, dude, that's just <laughs> not going to work. You know, we we uh, we would like some of the spotlight, and so. And, and then we had a bar fight. Yeah, <laughs> our friends started calling us Lanco actually by mistake. You know, just. Like, yo, y'all, when's the next Lanco show? Blah, blah, blah. And we are like, dang, that's kind of cool, bro. Let's change it to that. And so we changed it to that and never looked back. And he didn't get all the spotlight now, which is yeah. the best part about it. Yeah, but there's confusion because it's Lan- like Lancaster. When it was that, everyone thought it was like I was from Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So that was a confusion. But, yeah, I don't know. We didn't think too hard about People it. People also call you have. Brandon Lanco, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. You know, it's kind of interesting. I think we all really like that name. Uh, I don't think about it. I haven't actually thought about it in years. It's just something you're called. Like uh, when when we changed it to Lanco, it just became a band, and there was no going back. So it's interesting. I don't, I've never. I don't really actually think about it. Well, my last name's Hampton, and Hamco just sounds like a sandwich company. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. If you if you run through the yeah, yeah the options, Steedco, Baldco. Bald, Baldwin, Chanco, Chanco. Well, that's first. It's gotta be last. Halco, Halco. That's kind of tight. That's kind of Halco tight. Should have been kind of like honestly. A that's a way yeah, better. Hey y'all, that's my side project. That's a right? way better name. That should have been our name. No, I don't think. I think we're one of the classic stories of like, it, we're just sort of having fun, and you just come up with a name because you call a venue and want to play a show, and they're like, "What's your name?" And you just come up with it, and then and maybe you actually don't really think it's yeah. I don't think become most, anything. <laughs> if you're over, th- you're thinking that hard about your band name, it's like. Either, like what? Like think cold, about cold. Yeah, play. I was about to say cold. Cold and play. If I said like hot times, it'd be like that's a weird band name, but it, it becomes integrated in like the culture, and so you're like, yeah, that's well, cold. Which, play. by the way, we own that now. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally Lancaster when we first started out because Brandon had no reason to believe we would all stick around this long. Either. Also true. Nor did we. <laughs> Nor did we. Yeah. Lead singer Brandon also had some great additional insight on how a band name represented all the members. I wrote a bunch of songs and needed, you know, I've been in a ton of bands and I kind of envisioned like Tom Pete and the Heartbreakers, uh, Bruce Springsteen, the Eat Street Band. And what's cool about that is like, I always thought it was cool, like, you know, the Heartbreakers. You like the real fans know the Eat Street Band and it's a big deal to like be a member of the Eat Street Band. And I think it's cool to like have a guy and then this cool band. And that's kind of, but it is so hard to keep players in Nashville. It just doesn't happen. And so, uh, the fact that, yeah, we've all stuck together, you know, I, if, I kind of thought it would be like a, E Street band thing, but it ended up being like a rock and roll, same five guys band, but here we are. The amount of musical influence and experience each member can bring to the table really sets them apart. I loved learning a little bit about the influences from all five members of Lanco. I bring the striking good looks and overall intimidation factor to the band. It only works because this is just audio. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, ice. Uh, dang it. Uh, no, I, uh, man, I grew up in church, and that's where I got to, like, play music for the first time, so I think that definitely brought, like, the emotional experience of music into, like, my, uh, influence, but also a lot of rock music, you know, a lot of, like, Kings of Leon and, and old school indie rock, but at the same time, you know, 
grew up listening like my dad loved country music and so that's what we listened to so um, I would say those three church rock and country my dad raised me on a bunch of uh, like classic rock and stuff and once he showed me the Eagles I feel like it was over I just love I've always loved how they like they toe the line of country and rock uh, they literally were like I watched their documentary recently and like they were literally always ar uh, always arguing which one they wanted to be uh, and so I just like how they toe that line I feel like we kind of do that um, that's probably my biggest influence side note about Joe Walsh it's like Chandler's epitome of a famous person to me and one year at the CMAs Joe Walsh was there and backstage four of us like bumped into him and got to meet him and talk to him Chandler was at the bathroom. Chandler was, was in the I was, bathroom. I was peeing. Uh, my influences, um, my mom got me turned on to a lot of like 60s and 70s stuff growing up, kind of the Woodstocky thing. I love like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and you know, in the like 70s, like Fleetwood Mac was like always on repeat. So I have like all that catalog memorized and just, just the instrumentality of like those kinds of things. And as a guitar player, a little more like musical um but then on the other end of the spectrum i also love like your classic like guitar dudes you know like van halen and stuff like that so i don't know it's just kind of an amalgamation of all that mixed with country because you grow up in a small town with country it's everywhere um mainly like 90s stuff i'm from a small town in georgia uh it's at the foothills of the appalachians uh they pretty much once you're born make you listen to Leonard Skinner till it's like a part of your being and so uh, I, I really love Leonard Skinner um, I love the Kings of Leon I love uh, Jason Aldean Eric Church a lot of those guys you know li growing up listening to that Montgomery Gentry that that kind of music summertime was country music and the rest of the time was like rock music uh, and so uh, all those influences have you know a little bit of a hold of what I like to do. Of course, I play drums, so like I also love like hip hop. I love Bing Crosby. I love like hey, I'm all over the place. It's hard to be like what's one influence because I listen to literally everything. So I grew up outside of Nashville, so I immediately just my whole life was um, was just around country music, around you know uh, just that whole world. So I was very exposed to that, and I just had different phases, you know. And I was like I was like in middle school discovering Bob Dylan and. James Taylor and these more folk songwriters and then in high school you just have a lot of feelings and a lot of aggression so I love like rock and roll music I love like the Black Keys love Cage the Elephant um, that's kind of where like the crowd serving stuff influence comes from and then I, I loved a lot of Americana I loved like Jason Isbell and Avett Brothers and then and then country I mean really you know though in college I got so into country music because it was just talking about my life I felt and Eric Church and Zach Brown band um, that kind of stuff. They those were guys that really started uh, blending together uh, rock music and and Americana music and country music all together in a way that made me feel like you know that could be a home base. Um, and when I would write, I mean, just growing up in Smyrna, Tennessee, then living in Cleveland, Tennessee, when you're writing, you just end up writing country songs. And so, yeah, I was influenced musically by all that stuff, and then just yeah, the lifestyle kind of finds you. Here we are. Another way a band has a leg up is there's a built-in support system. I asked the guys about a time that they've really had to lean on each other for support. When we used to travel in a van, we like literally had to lean on each other. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You go through every year of our career, and there's been yeah. there's been highs of winning ACMs and platinum records and number one songs and all kinds of great stuff. And there's also been lows, you know, playing to three people and driving halfway across the country and breaking down on the side of the road and no one's paying attention and no one cares and you can't pay your bills and you know and then getting, and, getting called off the road for yeah. a two yeah. year two year unexpected break I was gonna say it's like you know you go from that and then you get all settled in and you're going around the country the world playing shows and then yeah the past year and a half the past year and a half was definitely a time where it was like when we got called off the road um, we had been in a cycle of just kind of you get told what to do at some point you you have every, like your label your management you're booking everyone you're just like being told where to go and then when we got off the road there was a time we could like make music again it was safe to be around each other and it was like okay so no one's telling us to do it there's no shows like do we want to get together and still just make music like we did seven years ago and i think diving back into that and realizing that like you know we're we're friends first and we also love playing music and I think the past year has definitely been a time where it's like there's such uncertainty and to know that you have a community 
um, of not just the five of us, but you know, our wives are all friends, and we have friends. We just have a good community at home that um, I think this past year really showed. Like, no matter what happens, whatever trials come our way, like we we love crowds, we love shows, we love all that. But at the end of the day, we've got each other, and you know, no one can take that away. And so that's a. Uh, I think the past year has probably been the biggest example of that. I really love how Brandon spoke on how important it is to prioritize friendship. Getting to chat with these guys in person, I got a chance to see how much they value one another as friends. And guys, I loved their energy. With how much fun they seemed to have backstage, it's actually hard to believe that they had even more fun on stage. I asked the guys what their favorite moment as a band has been on stage. I mean, one of them happened here in Chicago. Yeah, we definitely. played. Uh, probably windy, the show windy, you're referring windy, to windy, was the Windy City, city Smokeout. Yeah. Uh, that's when that was the uh, debut of the Inflatable Duck. And it was was the debut. Yeah. 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 Wow. That was just a really. I like. I'm kind of a pessimist, and so like when we were talking about, it, I'm like, there's no way this is gonna work. Like, Brandon's gonna get out there, get stranded. Someone's gonna pop the duck. Well, we started it because Brandon would crowd surf and lose his Packers ears every yeah. single time, and so our tour manager, we'd have like a five minute delay like everyone can you look down and see if you see a pair of ears or a pack you know whatever and so uh, when we started the inflatable duck I was like this is either gonna be incredible or awesome because it, I'm, I'm sure I haven't done it yet but I'm sure it takes some sort of athletic ability to be able to balance on a duck while it's getting thrown around a yeah, crowd. Athlete. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, yeah I like it because I don't get manhandled as much. <laughs> when I would crowd surf before that duck I would and I still do sometimes but I would just have bruises all my palm over my back and crowd surfing but yeah that was fun I think too I mean we've gotten to play some really iconic venues like we've gotten to play Red Rocks um that's a venue just if you're a music fan you grew up your whole life and you can find on YouTube the yeah, video of that's pretty hard to be your band playing so to walk on that stage and look up and see those infamous uh Red Rocks yeah. and people in between them that was a cool one Madison Square up that Garden tunnel, actually sorry we, uh, and you walk up the tunnel at Red Rocks, you go to front of the house, it's not on stage technically, but you're looking at all the names that people write in that tunnel that played there. And so you're just walking up, looking at your legends and your idols, and like, that's so cool. I think we put our name, because you write your name in that tunnel, I think our name is beside like Tom Petty and Coldplay or something yeah, like that. crazy. I mean, yeah, even like Madison Square Garden, uh, Hollywood Bowl, the Ryman. Uh, uh, I think I think for me those for me I remember a moment that I was like I just couldn't believe it was the first time we went to the UK. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. oh yeah. And thinking like you know I'm, I told the guy I was like you know what because we've gotten used to playing good crowds here and I was like you know what let's just prepare ourselves like there'll probably be ten people here and that's fine like we used to play to ten people this is a brand new country a new continent like we have to start over here. Um, and that's okay, we'll build it here just like we did in the U.S. And the first show we played was at this theater and like thousands of people came out and were singing every word. And I was like... Album cuts. Yeah, yeah album wow. cuts. Like not, yeah. even the, not even the hits, just like track seven or whatever it was. And it was one of those things where I remember being like, these, I have never been here, I've never been to this part of the world. And these people, guys from Kentucky, Georgia, and Tennessee have crafted something that people on the other side of the world are singing. This can't. This is not real life. Like I mean, I just remember being on stage with chill bumps and being like, "Hey, how did this work? How did we do this?" Because I think we're idiots. But like, also we also went back there and sold out a yeah, tour yeah. around the UK. Yeah, it's I mean, like, yeah. okay, I'm. Uh, it's cool that London knows who we are, but when you get to like Glasgow and like you know yeah. Manchester and all these other places, like, is this for real? Like, Jared set an amp on fire that night too. I did, in fact, incinerate a guitar amplifier. It's incredibly easy to love the guys of Lanco it's even easier to love them after seeing them perform. So I wanted to know a little bit about why they love their onstage dynamic. Mm, it's on thoughtless. Stage. I mean, like, <laughs> we don't really think about it. It's more of a, a reactive thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like we go somewhere else that, you know, we're all hanging out doing our thing, but when we get on stage, we go to another place that only we own. Yeah, and I so, like I like when, you know, we play all kind of the, you know, obviously we tour around and we play the same songs every single night. Uh, just from years of playing that, you know, we, it, it's just all the same. And so, like, it's just fun when someone will play something a little different that's cool. And, yeah. And we'll look over like, hey, that was pretty cool. You know, just the look. And yeah. I agree with that. We're getting to the point now. It's like, we just jam. We go off 
you all won't know it maybe but we play different stuff every night for us because we're just having fun at this point you know no one we own ourselves right there's no no one slashing our paycheck for playing a wrong note right so we we, we play what we want to play and have fun and stretch Wait, we can actually we're yet, we need to talk about something <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't james brown uh, uh, <laughs> We have something bad news to break. <laughs> yeah. Crap. We're going to wait until after I know times are tough, but... Man, things are looking a little thin lately on my paycheck. Gosh. Take me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I got to go practice. Yeah, gosh. No, you know what's cool? I, I lose this thing. I've In the years of, like, talking about dynamic or whatever, you know, when you do, I've never really thought about the fact that, like, there is a different... Yeah. Uh, when you walk on stage from me... Like, I, I'm around these guys, we live together on the bus, and we're in these green rooms all the time, and you just, like, I I respect everyone as individuals and persons, but they're just, like, my friends. Like, it's like your brother, like, you like you think they're cool, but you don't, like, you know, like, when you, like, if you meet someone, like, when you meet someone that is, uh, I don't know, if you meet Joe Walsh or whatever, like, there's this, like, reverence of, like, man, dude, you're, I honestly will say when we walk on stage, it's funny, I view every person in the band completely different than I view them on the bus, in the green room, because I respect everyone's musicality and what they do on stage, and it's like, I've never thought, like, when Eric is shredding a guitar solo, I am like, God, let's freaking go, bro, like, oh, like, yeah, we're like, literally fans of each other I on never, stage. I never like, think of Eric that way in the green room, I was like, right. dude, tight shirt, man, good for you, <laughs> but, like, on yeah. stage, I'm like, it's just different minds that are like, I view each guy as, like, I'm always impressed by what everyone's doing on I stage. There's one little hype thing yeah. that's different than last night. And we're all just pay, paying attention to each other, you know, and it's kind of cool. As a fan, I can truly feel that energy radiating, and it added to my overall experience at the show. I had so much fun. I've been a Lanco fan for years now, so I've really had a chance to watch them grow. I wanted to know what goals the guys started out with, if they've met them, and what goals they have for the future. It's really funny, like, I always have, like, I get into this rut of thinking, like, I haven't met these goals yet, but then I, like, think back to what my actual goals were, and all I wanted to do was get out of school and buy a 12-passenger van and play shows, and that happened quickly, and then I just wanted to sell out a show, and then we did that, and it's just, it's, uh, it's nice to step back and take some perspective and realize that we have, mm-hmm. we have done a lot of stuff. I know one thing. We all wanted a bus. Yeah. We yeah. had a freaking bus. Yeah. Quality of life on the road is yeah. necessary for that. For yeah. To do it for any amount of time. Yeah, it's we. It's a weird time because we've surpassed every goal I ever had. Because I just, like, and growing up in Nashville, I had, like, my friend's dad did it, or they tried, and you just see so many people that try and it doesn't pan out. And it's like, you know, I would go to these club shows in Nashville at the end or the exit and be like, man, if I could ever, like, halfway fill this room up, Cause that's so hard to do. People think it's easy. Like if you're not, if you're not in the, th- if you're not in the industry, but really to get 200 people to come to a show in Nashville, pay money. It pay money. Good if money. there's a line outside, it is so hard to get people to form a line and stand outside on the sidewalk and wait to get into a venue. And the fact that we did that, I mean, a while ago, it's like, and then you're, our faces have been in Times Square. You've been on Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen. You have number one. So you've been around the, and it's like, what? I mean, there's one of bigger. Words. Yeah, you've you've been on the ACMs. You've been you've you've done all this stuff you like you want to keep doing it but the cool thing is like then you're like there's kind of this release of like well it really is just about the music now because i mean you can keep growing i mean you know we yeah. could there's the bears stadium down the road like we could play stadium like there is soldier some, field there's somewhere we to, will play there one day yeah that would be awesome but there's somewhere to go i just and like you heard it first yeah new goal i think growing up <laughs> in we're Nashville, coming for you well, in the summertime i was gonna say now i mean looking at uh talking about future goals like I think we're really in a spot right now where with our next out record or whatever we want to challenge ourselves musically uh, because you know we, we've, we've always you know put everything we had into our music but I can even in soundcheck when we're working on some of these songs I can feel us really pushing ourselves to make something special you know and so uh, because, I mean, we have the tours, we have the bus, we have the people showing up to shows. That's, you know, what it's all about. And so now it's like, now we want to make something that's very, you know, really, really special for these people that pay their hard-earned money to, to come out, you know? And I think that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, 
when people like people ask like advice or whatever if they're trying it's like you know the hard thing about music is it's not a sport it's not like you can't hit the gym and like work hard or like out like you do need to work very hard i mean that's if you're not willing to absolutely destroy yourself with work ethic then like it's probably not gonna i mean it is so hard but at the end of the day you have to it has to come from the art from the creativity you have to move people you have to hit that thing in them that they're moved by it and it's like that's always been the goal is like when we listen to our own music are we like wow like almost like surprise like wow we did that like that's moving and These i beats are dope yeah it's like and so it's a thing where it's like now we had goals but then you do realize like there's no the only goal is just making really great music and if that does sell you out soldier field that's awesome if it sells you out at you know any other venue that's awesome but make great music challenge yourself be proud of what you do and be honest with your music. That's say, the goal. honest, like the the honest part. You know, like uh, you get in a habit, and that's why sometimes just writing songs for just writing them. Uh, and what's really cool, even you know, Brandon has just been the last two or three months writing stuff that you know we're sitting around going like, dude, will you just play that for us? Because it moves us. It's something that's honest. That and it's not like a Nashville written kind of song. It's like a his voice, what he has to say. And so that's that's kind of the goal I guess for music for us right now is you know challenging him to dive in and then us as a band really creating something that backs that character backs that person talking about that thing yeah creating the emotion behind it yeah one of country music's most rapidly rising bands King Calloway is living proof that there's strength in numbers the band is made up of Caleb Miller Chris Deaton Simon Dumas and Chad Michael Jervis their songs have quickly become staples in my daily playlist. The accomplished musicians have spent the past year honing in on their craft as singer-songwriters, instrumentalists, and now have emerged as a brand new modern-day country band for the world to experience. We we all kind of came together through mutual contacts that, that were like, kind of all were like, hey, I know these guys. They're meeting in Nashville. You should meet them see if a band could happen basically and like i know si simon you were in were you in london at the time correct yeah i was in england i was studying in a music college in england yeah and then caleb was in ohio chris was in nashville he's born and raised in nashville and i was in boston actually i was i was at uh, berkeley college of music for a while and i we all kind of found out about like each other through different mutual contacts that we had and then met in nashville one weekend played together jammed together just to see if like a band could work essentially. And we ended up kind of, we ended up liking each other and like the way we each played and we were like, just, let's just do it. Let's go for it. And now here we are. <laughs> kind of like Chad, we, we had been rock bands like our whole life. So I feel like the whole band aspect was something I, I really grew up with and something that I was looking for. I mean, I, I, as a guitar player, being in a band is like super special. It's something that you can't really recreate. So once I heard about this opportunity, I had to jump on it. Yeah, to, just to follow off of that, like Caleb and I kind of come from the rock world and I was, in a, I was in a rock band for a long time and it was my first band. I'd never been in a band before. I was usually mostly like singer, a, like solo singer songwriter kind of guy. And, but honestly, just like having other people in the creative process it not like it makes it a lot of fun you know especially when it's like people that you really enjoy playing with and being around and so being in a like for for me and i feel like for all of us being in a band is just like is is a really is a really fun thing for sure yeah i, I also was like always in a band growing up actually with my two older brothers back home so <laughs> that was fun um and yeah, I guess I always grew up listening to bands like the Eagles and America and I don't know, I guess everyone listened to the Beatles at some point. <laughs> and just like always listened to bands and it was that kind of like thing sonically that drew me to Nashville it was like I want to be in a band that still plays real instruments and, you know, can sing harmonies and stuff. So that's what I was like chasing. Lucky for the guys of King Calloway, band member Chris grew up in Music City with the other members wanting to find a band family, I was curious to know if being in a band was always the end game for Chris too. Uh, yeah, growing up in Nashville through like even elementary school, middle school, high school, whatever, you're, you're, you're playing music all the time. 
Um, so I've been playing music my whole life, mostly country music, being here in Music City. Um, and then, yeah, it felt right when I played with these guys, like immediately. It was fun. We had a lot of the same taste and vision. It's been a blast. Country fan or artist will tell you Nashville is magic. But something not as magical? Coming up with a band name. I wanted to know how King Calloway came up with their name and how it represents them for their country music vision. We were looking, because of the thing of like, you know, a British band member and Americans, we wanted to make sure it was something that we could all pronounce in the same way. Like we didn't want a tomato, tomato situation. So like that was a thing. And then we liked the idea of three syllables, I think. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like literally to day one, how we were like trying to help ourselves by like narrowing down some like criteria. Well, yeah. It just basically became like, let's have some whiskey, be quiet, write down a bunch of options and then say what the options are like for 10 minutes or something we would like write down a list of names and like we would take we would take a like for every list of names if we didn't have something we'd be like all right on to the next thing and then we take a shot of whiskey do and write the next list of names and be like oh that wasn't it either so take more shots basically until crit it was it was chris who had said callaway um because he had worked with someone with that last name and and so we were just like, that's actually kind of cool. That's actually like really, really like it sounds awesome. And kind of like what Simon was saying, it meets that criteria of like, we could all say it the same way. Um, three syllables. Then, we ended up putting another one, but it, it had the three syllable thing. <laughs> exactly. And then eventually we ended up putting King in front of it. And then it was like, boom, there we go. If I ever name a band, which maybe someday I will, it will definitely have to involve whiskey. <laughs> Clearly, they all like whiskey, but I wanted to know what else they have in common and how it adds to their dynamic and why it makes King Calloway work so well. I think we're pretty nice guys to each other, especially like we, there's right. no bad blood or like, like we, we like get along well, like in the studio or on the bus or in the van, like we kind of can have a laugh, but then also like respect each other's like quiet time and nap time. And it's like, yeah, it feels like pretty just like there's a lot of just like mutual respect for each other. And I think that's for me what makes it kind of the most like enjoyable. And, and it translates when we're on stage, I think, as well. Each one of these guys seems to have a myriad of experiences throughout their careers. They also shared with me what they felt was so special about being in a band versus a solo act. You can blame other people. Just think <laughs> yeah. <them> well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> From our perspective, like, it's hard, like, it, it's easier to, at least for for me, it's easier to be in a in a band because you have other people who know exactly, like, if there's any pressure, what that pressure is, and they're feeling the same thing. Like you talk to them about, it, it's like, oh, we're all on the same page. I feel like it's kind of like sometimes it can be a little lonely for a solo artist or even like a duo in that aspect as well. But being in a band, like it's fun. You, like you, from an outside perspective, like you can spotlight on everyone individually. Like, like you don't like you can. It's not just one person you're focusing on. Like, and especially in our show, like we kind of like really go hard and go all out like together and it's like one moment you're looking at Chris the next you're looking at Caleb like Simon me like it's just like when everyone is involved in that process of in that performance it's it's really fun and the interaction is great like you can just have a blast on stage even though we had to do this interview over zoom I could feel their dynamic we shared a lot of good laughs, and they all laughed at each other often. They shared with me some of their favorite moments from being together. Best memory. I have so many fun memories. So many. All the late nights were super cool. Like, uh, we did Kimmel and Corden. That was very yeah. – I've been watching those. You know, I, I've been – you know, since Carson, my dad, I've been watching late night stuff. So, to be able to kind of get into that ballpark was super cool. Simon, you go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, I was going to say for sure the late night stuff. I also remember, though, like when we were doing our music video for No Matter What, like showing up at the desert and we came in a little van and like there was a whole like movie set, basically. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, we've double booked the desert for like someone else is here. 
and then like our manager was like no like this is for you guys <laughs> and I, yeah. like, it was like very like genuine it was like my first like big music video and I was like so that was that's a fun one to think back on we played with Garth Brooks that was that one's hard to beat for me I mean playing with yeah Garth yeah. for like 7,000 people mm-hmm. I mean you can replicate that is crazy Mm-hmm. it's funny because we've each like grinded for so long <laughs> you know it's kind of what simon says with everything great that's happened like i feel like somebody will come and tell us the good news and we're like nah yeah, <laughs> quit just, messing with us <laughs> yeah even with garth we're like no way <laughs> not a performance thing but i remember we were doing a radio interview one time and it was in nashville we had just finished we were like waiting for our our car to go to like the next thing we had to do that day and the high women are there and <laughs> and I'm the biggest Brandy Carlisle fan in the world probably. And so I, I remember I was like, I really want to meet Brandy Carlisle. And one of the producers of the radio show was like, you want to meet Brandy? I was like, yes, please. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it happen. And I just walked up and like, I'm your biggest fan in the world. <laughs> and she was very sweet, very kind. Just like me, like, like it's I feel like we have all had really cool opportunities to meet people that we deeply admire in this industry like when we met like we met Keith Urban a couple years ago at ACMs that Caleb worships worships the ground he walks on like it's just and like and even like meeting Garth Brooks like just a legend like that just meeting so many artists that have had such a huge influence and it's really cool it's a lot of fun safe to say that bands aren't going anywhere, especially in country music. Talking with each of these bands proved to me how much strength there really is in numbers, how people are able to come together and make incredible music. I mean, it's hard to find other people that you connect with, but especially with people that you can connect with on stage, let alone connect with five or six other people. Guys, it really is the more the merrier. The bands I had the honor of sitting down with have some exciting things going on. Boy Named Banjo will be hitting the stage at Tortuga Music Festival this April. The guys of Flatland Calvary, well, they'll be on the road and playing C2C Fest in London and even back here in Chicago at Windy City Smokeout celebrating their latest project, Welcome to the Countryland. The guys of Lanco, well, they're excited about their new EP, Honky Tonk Hippies, and guys, you're going to want to check that out. And King Calloway's latest single, Midnight, is out now and ready for you to jam to. Once again, my name is Bobby Dixon, and I am the founder of Backstage Bobby, a country music news outlet that highlights Chicago's country music scene. Follow me on Instagram at Backstage Bobby, and be sure to subscribe to the Country Confidential podcast to hear more insider info directly from all of your favorite country music artists. Country Confidential. The All Country News Country Confidential Podcast is produced by me, Ashley Kim. I also executive produce alongside my team at Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you love this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. And a huge shout out to our friends from Restless Road who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club and subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter. Check out a new episode of Country Confidential every month right here. All Country News.